Welcome to an Impact Ministries production, brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self-development programs that have changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hello, I'm Jim Richards. I want to welcome you to Impact Cyber Church. Man, I just want to tell you something that is so exciting. I got a message last night from one of the uh, producers of our of of our uh, international broadcast that we do from from uh, South Africa. As of right now, Impact Cyber Church is on every week in every single country in the world. Man. That is phenomenal. Just think of about it. Years ago, to take a message in every country in the world would cost hundreds of millions of dollars a year. And you know something? It's happening every single week and actually sometimes every day. As a matter of fact, I just heard from uh, 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 Poland. And in Poland, uh, we have someone who does a wonderful job of translating our material, our broadcast, getting it on Polish Christian television. There are three Christian television networks in Poland, and, and uh, Impact Cyber Church is n- the number one Christian program on all three networks in Poland. Is that phenomenal or what? So you know something? We're just, we're living a dream, man, changing the way the world sees God. And when we say that, we're not just talking about some of the world. We're talking about all the world. We are reaching into all of the world. So you know what? Like I t- tell you every week, right now, you're going to church with the whole world. And I'm, and I'm so glad that you're a part of it. You know something, we've been talking about something. This, this, this whole thing about having heaven here on earth, and it has to do with learning how to pray the way Jesus taught us how to pray. Now, you know something, I, I, when I first gave my life to the Lord, and I would hear pastors talk, and good pastors, I'm not talking about, these are not hypocrites or bad people, but I would hear them talk about, you know, how we need it to pray, or anytime they would tell us something we need it to do, or down in the South, they'd say, you ought to do this, you ought to be doing this. And so anytime they'd say what we ought to be doing or what we need it to be doing, I'd go to them and say, okay, show me what it looks like. And, you know, it was amazing how many ministers I went to that I said, okay, show me what it looks like if, uh, if I ought to be praying. What does this look like? How, you know, how do I do this? How do you do it? And, you know, amazingly, there was, in the first several years, there was no one that, that responded to that and said, look, yeah, come with me, pray with me. I'll show you how we, I'll show you how to pray. Well, then finally, I started having some people who actually did have a prayer life and, and they really did invite me to come and pray with them. But what I started noticing is these were good people. They were fervent in prayer. They loved God. But their prayer life consisted of almost everything that Jesus very explicitly said, when you pray, don't do this. You know, before Jesus told us what to do, he told us some things not to do. When you pray, don't do this. And amazingly, to this day, most of the times that I ever participate in any group prayer situation with anybody, most of it is doing the things that Jesus said not to do. And I'll tell you why. 
It's not because they're bad people. It's because there is little realization of engaging the heart. And that's why Jesus first said, don't, don't do these things. And by the way, in, in, in the series I have, On Earth As In Heaven, I'm telling you, this is such an incredible series. And in this series, you know, I go into a lot of detail that I can't go into. You know, we've extended uh, how many of these programs we're having in this broadcast. And, you know, I may yet extend it one more week I, because there's just some things I want to make sure that you get, whether you get the series or not. But, uh, uh, you know, Jesus taught us so many things, like I say, not to do, because if you do these things that he said not to do, it makes it impossible over any period of time to engage in your heart. And so we don't want to do these things that prohibit us engaging and connecting with God deeply and intimately in our heart. So after he told us some things not to do, uh, and let me tell you another thing he told us not to. I mean, he, you know, he told us not to, not, not to think we're going to be heard because we, because we said a lot of words. He told us not to use repetition. In other words, don't just recite this stuff. Uh, you know, how many times have you ever uh, been in situations where people say, well, let's pray and they bow their head and all recite the Lord's Prayer? Well, Jesus said, don't do it that way. But, but we do it that way. Uh, but, you know, one of the interesting things that Jesus said, he said, listen, don't pray like the pagans. See, when pray, pagans prayed to their God, part of what they had to do was to convince their God to meet their needs because their gods were not gods of love. They were not gods that, that proactively took care of them. So they were always trying to convince their God, begging, pleading, persuading, making sacrifices to get their God to meet their needs. Sadly, because we don't understand much of the Scripture, most people think that's what the Old Testament sacrifices for the believer was about, to get God to do things. No, it wasn't. It was a celebration of what God promised that He would do. Therefore, it was something that was solid. You know, uh, uh, they, they celebrated what God promised to do for them. And they celebrated it sometimes proactively, not, wait, not even after it came to pass. So, so Jesus was, was teaching us how to pray in a way that we engaged our heart. But this it's interesting to think pagans, according to Jesus, their prayer life primarily consists of trying to find ways to get their gods to do or give them what they need for life. So let me just ask you something. How much of your prayer life is about trying to get God to give you what you need, trying to get God to take care of a problem, trying to get God to provide for you? Well, if, if that's what your prayer life is about, Maybe, maybe the wrong person influenced your prayer life. Maybe you didn't go to the right person on how to pray, because that's what I eventually did. I finally, you know, I finally did what I've always done my whole Christian life. At some point, I said, you know, I appreciate these people, and I am learning something from these people, but you know what? I'm going to go back and make sure that, that I understand how Jesus prayed, because here's, here's something, this is just kind of my reasoning. You know, the results of your prayer life Will, per, will, will rarely be better than the person who's teaching you how to pray. And when I looked at the results of these people's prayer life, I'm not saying they were barren. I'm not saying nothing ever happened. But I'm telling you this, I would much rather have the kind of results happen in my life and in my ministry that Jesus had than what I was seeing with those people. And I'm not putting those people down because they were good, godly people. And they helped me. They helped me on my journey. So then Jesus teaches us 
about connecting to God as Father and, and then he, and connecting to the names of God and establishing our faith in the names of God. And that's, that's basically when he brings us to, uh, uh, your kingdom come, your will be done. Now to most people, this is a request. This is, pe- this is, we have the idea that we're begging God to bring his kingdom here to planet earth. We're begging God for his will to be done here on planet earth. This is not a prayer where you are asking God to do something. This is the place where, you know, in the Hebrew is, it's a little more forceful. You know, in the, in the, I believe it's called the New Man Bible, which is, which is a little, little closer to the Hebrew. It's not absolutely true to the Hebrew. And in the New Testament, you know, um, uh, it's a little truer to the Aramaic, which the Aramaic preceded the Greek translations. But uh, uh, in, in, in the New Man Bible, one New Man Bible, it, 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 it's more like, right now, your kingdom come. In other words, that was not something you were commanding God to do. That was something you were commanding to happen in the life or in, in your life, in the world around you. Right now, the will of God be done in this situation. Now, I'm going to just tell you something. Not many people have the confidence to do that. You know, we, we don't even know for sure. Most people don't know for sure what Jesus accomplished through the death, burial, and resurrection. They don't have any clue. If you go back a few messages, we talked about binding and loosening. We talked about how that, that most of what we do in prayer is not at all, it's not even prayer. I don't, it's begging, it's pleading, it's praying like pagans. Instead of us knowing what God has already established, simply looking at our life and saying, is that in my life or not? If it's supposed to be there, I'm going to, I'm going to speak it into existence. If I've got something in my life that shouldn't be there because Jesus has already taken care of it, I'm going to speak to it and command it to depart from my life. That's just that simple. But most people don't have the confidence to do that. You know, something, <clears throat> there was a concept in the, in the, in the Hebrew world that particularly if you if you lived uh, uh, with a, a wealthy family, if your father was, uh, was a landowner and had a you know was was wealthy, and you were a son in that family, you were raised under a tutor, and that tutor would basically teach you what you needed to know about how to run the father's business, about how to how how the father thought, if you will, how the father would do business, how the father would make decisions, what the father would want to accomplish in certain things. And so, and so this tutor didn't come and teach you what he wanted you to know. This tutor came to make sure you understood, if you will, the mind of the father. You know, Jesus said something in John 15, verse 14. He says, you're my friends, if you do whatever I command. Now, again, that word command gets a negative connotation, much more so than it really means in the original language. Remember, the word commandment, particularly in the Hebrew, has to do with a prescription. And um, uh, I don't want to I don't want to dive off into this because I don't have time for it, but don't turn that legalistic. But then he says something in verse 15. He says, no longer do I call you servants, for servant doesn't know what his master is doing. Now, we talked about this. This is the reason, the very beginning of this thing, Jesus is like, you've got to be connected to God as your father, not to God as your master. You can't have a slave's mentality, a servant's mentality, where you're there begging for crumbs and and begging your, your master to do something because you have no authority or you have no rights other than, 
than what he individually gives you permission for from time to time. And so, you know, the problem is we are not connected intimately to God as the Father, and we are not surrendered to Jesus as Lord, who was the ultimate teacher, trying to show us how to be like the Father. You know, in, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 43, and oh man, I'll tell you, Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7 is just one of the most incredible passages that that people just get wrong all the time. But anyhow, so Jesus says, uh, you, you've heard it said, you shall love your neighbor, hate your enemy. And you know, he, said, he didn't say that was in the Word. He said, you've heard that said. In other words, that's not God's Word. That's what somebody told you. That's what, you know, that's what some Pharisee told you. That's what some scribe told you. That's what some, you know, that's later on, that would be what some rabbi told you. He said, but I say to you, and this is what God had said to him in the, back in the Old Testament, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, hate you, pray for those who spitefully use you. And verse 45 says something that gets lost in the translation. He says, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. Now, People read that and they say, okay, so I've got to do those things to become a son of God. No, we become sons of God through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. The concept here is that you may be sons who are like your father, who represent your father, who are in harmony with your father. Because, because your father, he goes on to explain, because your father makes a son to, son to shine on the just and the unjust. In other words, God's good to everybody. And if we want to be like our Father, if we want to be sons who represent and look like and do business like our Father, then, then this is the kind of character we got to have. This is the kind of attitude that, that we've got to have. So, <clears throat> you know, the question is this. As a child of God, do you want to be like your Father? Do You, you know, uh, uh, I've, got a, I've, I've got a grandson that honestly... If you look at pictures of him at when he was 14, you you just almost couldn't tell the difference of a picture of him at 14 and a picture of me at 14. And there have been times when I have shown pic, my picture of some teenage year to my kids, and uh, I'd ask them if they recognized that picture, and they would think that it was my grandson. Well, you know something. You know, uh, I, I'm, a lot of times when your when your grandkids or your kids are like that, you know, that kind of that kind of feel a little proud that they that they look like their grandfather, or they look like their father, or they look like their mother. Well, you know, we should be that same kind of pride, not negative pride, but I'm talking about we should we should have this desire to look like God to the world. That when the world looks at us, they see the character and they see the nature of God, obviously. But it, but it even gets bigger than that. You see, if I'm going to go out in the world, see, Jesus told us to go out in the world. And, and really in the Greek, it tells us to go out and do business and gain ground. In other words, we are here to do business in the world and gain, spiritual business and gain ground, to help people, to expand the kingdom of God, to develop people's lives, to introduce people to Jesus, to make people, people's quality of life better. That's what we're here to do. But the problem is we haven't been tutored by the Lord Jesus Christ and then personally coached and taught by the Holy Spirit. 
because we just came, got saved, had no idea what to do or, or you know, or where to go from there. Galatians 3.21 says something really interesting. It says, is the law against the promises of God? Now, most people today would say, well, yeah, the law is against the promises. No, he says, certainly not. He said, for if there had been a law which could have given life, truly righteousness would have been by the law. So, so the law is not against righteousness. The law is not against the promises. The law is not against us having this life of God. The law was just powerless by itself. It doesn't mean the law was untrue. It doesn't mean the, nowhere is the law uh, labeled as bad or something being wrong with it. But the law did not have the power to do what Jesus himself did by a righteous life. But now listen to this. The scripture has confined all under sin. In other words, the scripture makes it clear that all people are bound up with a, with a sin nature. He says that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. So the scripture made it clear that, the, that really by the law, by the very scriptures themselves, nobody could be made righteous. But by faith in Christ Jesus, by faith in Jesus as Lord. Now remember, this concept of faith is not faith to try to get stuff. This concept of faith in Jesus is not faith just to get healed or faith just to get a miracle. Faith in Jesus is believing that He is who He says He is and that He uh, was in fact raised from the dead just as the Scripture said that He would be and just as He later taught to people. By the way, there's a, there's a, a, a book out by a, a, a forensic investigator that was an atheist that, that uh, went back and, and what he did, he specialized in, in cold cases. So he went back as a cold case investigator and studying all of the evidence that's available about the resurrection of Jesus, he said, absolutely. He said, there is more than enough proof that the resurrection of Jesus is real and, and literally became a believer himself. Although like so many people, he, he had set out to prove that it couldn't possibly be true. So, so we come to Jesus, but, but listen to this. Verse 23, it says, but before faith came, we were kept under guard by the law for faith, for the faith which would afterward be re revealed. Therefore, the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ. I'm going to tell you something. This, some of your heads are just going to explode here. Remember, the law is not done away with. Jesus says not done away with. But we don't look to the law to earn righteousness, to earn anything from God. The law is a prescription that shows us how, if we are yielding to righteousness, this is how we will live. And the law shows us how in interaction with other human beings, we can have peace, we can have civil order, we can have health, we can have a fair judicial system, we can have an economic system that works. I mean, it, it tells us everything that we know, need to know about how to have social order and, and live together as, as a nation of people. And so, but more than anything else, the law reveals to us how, if we are walking in love, how we will treat people. Now, today, many times when people get born again, it's like, well, the Old Testament just doesn't even matter. Just read the New Testament and, and you're fine. Well, that's 
sort of true, and, and, and you don't need to just jump right into the Old Testament, and you can't even find people that know how to teach the Old Testament without diving you straight into legalism. Uh, 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 now, you can go to Impact International School of Ministry online, and you can, you, can, you can learn the Old Testament without getting into legalism. But see, the law is still a tutor that brings people to Jesus. Because if the law, if, if, if treating people the way the law says, I'm not talking about earning anything. I'm talking about, again, walking in righteousness. I'm talking about, I'm talking about walking in love. I'm talking about treating people. If, if all of that is what a righteous person looks like, then I, I look at the law and I go, I, I can't do that. You know, but, you know, when I'm lost, I can't do that. that, that, that that's my problem. I, I don't do those things. I don't even want to do those things, but it's killing me. It's destroying my life. So I come to Jesus and now in Jesus, suddenly I have a new nature. So I have the desire. And by the Holy Spirit, I have the power to, you know, you know, to live this. So Jesus came, showed us the true intentions of God. But more than that, he showed us exactly, so he showed us exactly what God looks like, but he showed us exactly what a human being, a person looks like yielding to the righteousness of God. And the word of God, the names of God, the teaching the life of Jesus becomes a tutor that shows us how to properly represent God in this earth. And so if I have yielded myself, if, I, if I'm a disciple, now if you're, if you're not a disciple, this is a journey you ain't ever going to make. I'm not talking about conditional love. I'm not talking about God saying, I'm not going to give you. So I'm, I'm telling you, there are just things that happen with God that only happen through relationship. They only happen through interaction. They only happen through personal connection. And, and, and sadly, we try to make them happen through formulas. We try to make them happen every way except through, you know, through, through a relationship where we're learning and trusting and following God, following God's word, trusting God's word, building our life on God's word, building our life on the teachings of Jesus. So if Jesus has been my tutor, then he's sort of like, and, and, and he's using the word of God. He's taken everything that God ever said and shown, shown me how to rightly understand it, how to rightly apply it, how to walk in it from the basis of love. And, and so once he teaches me this and I look at his life, and I say, okay, this is what he did when he encountered a sick person. Oh, this is what he did when he faced a, a financial situation. Oh, this is what he did when he was faced with temptation. Oh, this is what he did when people treated him wrong. So I look at all of that. And so based on all that, my tutor has taught me exactly what the will of God is. So it's like being this child who my tutor that he gave me has taught me exactly how to do business just like my father does business. So from that perspective, I should never, well, I say never, almost never have to ask God what his will is before I use my authority as a son to speak a situation into being or to send a situation away and bind it away from my life. But you see, we haven't been disciples. We haven't been tutored. And, and again, this is why Jesus said, look, know, know who God is. Connect to him as father. Connect to his names. Know what his names mean. And know what, because they're covenant names. They promise you. It, it, it's a covenant that says, this is who I am to you. This is who I will always be to you. I won't be anybody else to you. 
and keep my name holy. Don't, don't compromise my name. Don't settle for something else other than my name. Well, <clears throat> one of the most interesting stories, and by the way, I haven't really gone in, into much about this series. Ma'am, get the series on earth as it is heaven. I'm telling you, it's 12 messages. That, so it's going to be over 10 hours of, I think, incredible life-changing teaching, not just about prayer, but about faith and about every aspect of how to avoid temptation, how to live in victory all the time. I'm telling you, this I am getting great feedback from this series already. People's lives are already being changed. So be sure and check it out. Now, listen, here's the great thing. If you don't have the money to buy this series, you can go over to Impact Unlimited. And at Impact Unlimited, you can join our subscription site and you can check. We may have some kind of special going right now. Uh, sometimes we'll have specials where a person can get in for as little as a dollar a month You'll or for the first month. You'll have to go over and check it out and see. But at Impact Unlimited, you can get this full series just for pennies a day and have access to dozens of other series and other books. So, so check out Impact Unlimited, or if you prefer to, to own the CDs or own the MP3s, you can get them off of our website, impactministries.com. So, so be sure and check that out. And by the way, we will use finances come in from this to reach the ends of the earth. We, and as I said at the beginning of this program, we are doing just that. We are reaching the ends of the earth. Now, when you know what the will of God is, the way you use authority changes, the way you pray. You know, uh, Jesus, over in the book of Mark, we have this story about him being out in the boat and a wind arose and a wave arose and the storm came up. And man, they thought they were going to die. And, and in the King James, it says that Jesus, and this is Mark 4, 39, it says, He arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. There's, there's nothing wrong with that, nothing wrong with that translation. But in the Aramaic uh, translation, which was what was originally spoken, that's not what he said. In the Aramaic translation, he said, surrender to the will of God. You see, when a policeman stands out in, a, in front of a car barreling down the road, and he throws up his hand, he knows that because he knows what's right and wrong. He knows what's legal and what's not legal. He knows that his every action is backed up by the full force and power of whatever city government or state government or federal government that he represents. He's not just having confidence that you're going to stop because he threw, threw up his hand. Well, see, when we know what the will of God is, we bind and loose. We establish the perfect will of God in our lives. We establish kingdom of living in our life because we know it's already been settled in heaven and we do it with absolute, complete confidence. Listen, March the 11th, be ready for it. We're going to have a learning the love language of God where we're going to teach you how in one day you can study Hebrew and Aramaic and you can understand these words of God that conveyed His perfect love and His perfect will in an incredible way. So, so if, if you don't have my app, get my app or, or get on my mailing list because I'm going to send you out some information about it. This is going to be an incredible seminar you don't want to miss. Listen, take just a second if you will. And if you're watching this on YouTube and like this page 
And if you want to hear from me every single day, download my app. I'll be sending you something encouraging every single day. And in just a moment, I want you to take just a second and be sure and subscribe to this YouTube page. I'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website for previous podcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.